0: Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Foolery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home
1: every day.
2: Welcome to the show, and now here's Jerry Springer. Oh, thank you, thank you. Oh, wow. You're up there. Thank you. Though in the third day. <laughs> Thanks. I, can you see us here? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I All wanted right. to ask you something. And, what, uh, Gene? So I,
3: I, well, by the way, I produced the show. Write down the question there for me. Oh, right. The, uh, yeah. Just write it the, down. Way, yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, um, and thank you to uh, Miss Bonnie Williams, who is our announcer tonight. Megan yes. is traveling with her day job. She is. She's an HR professional, and do we not pay been,
2: her enough? What is this day well, job? Well, she business?
3: has. Uh, yeah, no. No, we don't pay her enough. No, that was actually. Why was I stumbling for an answer? No, we don't pay her enough. You mean you mean I get paid? Oh no, we don't pay the no, no one's paid, Bonnie. No, no. No one's paid. Uh by the way, uh rough week for me because I just turned 50 and that is a benchmark. Wait. That's Time a benchmark. Out.
2: That's a big deal when you no. turn 50. Yeah, you, you can did have a it. big birthday. I am going to... Well, I'll tell you what I feel badly about, um, that it, I was 25 years late in wishing you a happy 50th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so, but not anyway, it, yeah, not funny. But no, hey, that was good. And, and, and I got the right date, didn't I, when I sent you, you that did, email? Yeah, you sent a
3: greeting and it was right. Well, you know, it's, it's funny, we just, you and I and Bonnie and I, my uh, wife Bonnie and I, and you and your wife, Mickey, yes. we went on our respective vacations. You guys went to the Bahamas. Yes. And Bonnie and I went to uh, Houston Woods State Park, got a little camper and just stayed there. <laughs> <clears throat> and I guess you that went, shows that, Hey, no, seriously, yeah, you know we we went, did, what we did? We went to New York City, and I should say, every February... The four of us go to New York City. Yes, and let's be honest. I pay about twenty percent of that <laughs> at best. I mean, at best, I pay about uh, maybe less. Okay, let's oh, get, get right. It's probably about ten percent.
2: Okay. So, so, but the five percent you do pay, <laughs> I pay, it for, pay it hard. Yeah. I really <laughs> yeah. lay it right down yeah. there. <laughs> oh, yeah, about three percent. <laughs> you pay the three percent. ahead of time. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. Hey, you know what? So what? we
3: come out of our hotel, yeah. and. And Bonnie and I are like, well, well where, where's the car? Because when we go with Jerry and Mickey, he has a private. Jerry doesn't walk. He doesn't take four steps in a day, so there's a private car I'm saving for him. him. Yeah, you're saving them. So we come out and, and like, where's the car? So we actually had to walk. We wrote, you don't want to know what's really cool. You should try this sometime seriously. Yeah. Ride subways, rent a city bike. That's like the bike that you know in Iraq. Use a phone app. <laughs> walk around, Jerry, go to Times Square. Uh, I, I couldn't get Bonnie away. The naked cowboy was down there and Bonnie's like really fascinated with that. But, but it's like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> actually there's now a naked cowgirl too, in there, Bonnie? When? Actually, Where? I
2: thought you had a naked cowboy.
3: <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh It was, we had a, a blast and I know, and last week we had on Bryce Carlson. Yes. Rowing the North Atlantic. Yes. And, to you and he's doing something remarkable. Yes. And you told me driving over here well I do remarkable things. I went to the Bahamas last week. That's not yes. the same thing.
2: Oh, yeah. No, not yeah. the same. <laughs> thing. This is true. What happened in the Bahamas? We had a really good time. It was a very restful vacation family everybody. So it's fun. Um but they the Bahamas Nassau gets like one American television station and it's the one that carries my show. <laughs> oh, my God, God. Literally, everybody. I mean, there's no American city where the response is the same as getting off the plane and being rushed by people that just for 27 years have been watching the show. Yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable. So, I, and they have security. I mean, they meet you at the plane. We didn't arrange it. They just, yeah. and they walk you through everything. So we got treated very nicely. But my thought was that I could run for office there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So we're kidding around. And then, this is God's truth, I'm not embellishing it. As we're, we came home and we're in the car, going, we went back to Chicago, you know, brought Richard back, et cetera, and Katie. And, and we're in the car back. And so we start Googling. What are the requirements for running? Because there they have a constitutional monarchy, which is exactly like England. They still... Where you were born. Yes. You were born in England? So they still have Queen Elizabeth as their monarch, but she has no power. It's still a parliament. It says, and people vote for their local uh, um, member of parliament. And then the majority party chooses one of its own to be prime minister. So what are the requirements? You have to be 18 years old. You are. That. You have to be a resident for one year. You could do that. Okay. And, and, and I was born in, in England, so yep. I'm part of the British Empire to that extent. Yep. I would have to, and it's going to depend on the next election, I would have to renounce my loyalty to America <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, oh, God. Uh, and move down there. But I could actually win <laughs> I mean, I get a seat in Parliament. I may not be Prime Minister right away. I, I think it's. A, <coughs> I'd say how. I was idea. so excited. And Mickey says, "Will you calm down?" I said, "Look, yeah, I could, I could do it." You want to know countries where
3: well, you couldn't do that? You want to know what's pitiful about that for me, from my perspective? You're telling this, laying this out, and all I'm thinking is, what job might I be able to get? If you would do that, you I, would, I would maybe get
2: some government job in the Bahamas. You could be the head of, uh, you could be the boxing commissioner of, of the Bahamas. Done. Do, do you know, there, there is a
3: friend of our show uh, who is, he has this huge website called Ask the Lifeguard. People are very curious about the ocean and lifeguarding. talks about And it's uh, Dr. Greg Schran, PhD in medieval literature. It's a worthless degree. You could never get a job with it. And so he went into lifeguarding. And so I'm thinking, I could be the boxing commissioner. We could contact, he's a friend of the show, Dr. Greg Schran of Ask the Lifeguard, and have him come down and he could be the head of whatever the hell
2: you call it, head of lifeguards. We could have used him. This is true. We swam. They have a thing where there's this little. Uh, the Bahamas is made up of 700 islands, and there was this island about two hours away in a, in a boat, which we took the trip, where you can swim with pigs, and you <laughs> can swim, swim with pigs. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, and Mickey says <gasps> it's not the first time I've done it. <laughs> 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 no, but uh, you actually can. <clears throat> there, there, there are pigs that were put on this island there. And, um, and they literally come into the water, and they Amazing. swim, and, they, and the people there feed them. And they're, they're like 700-pound pigs. They're, they're wow. huge. They also defecate in the water, which is <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but then you can also swim with the sharks. Wow. I wish I remembered what they're called, but they're, um, it's a very shallow water, so the man-eating sharks don't get in there. Yep. And, but these sharks, and literally you touch them, you pet them as they're swimming around you. But So I could have used the lifeguard. Yeah. Thankfully, they don't hear because I was screaming. (laughs) Yeah. That was our vacation. I've been
3: using a lot of phone apps like I used. uh, Hey, by the way, people should tune into uh, a podcast. Occasionally, I'll mention mention a podcast. I think it's a really good one. And there is one called "Ear Hustle," which is a prison <coughs> slang term for eavesdropping. Yes. And it's produced by uh, two inmates and then a volunteer artist from San Francisco at San Quentin. And it's a really good podcast. Mm. So we have no dog in the fight. We just think it's a really good podcast. There's another one that I have come upon, and people really should tune into it, and it's called "The Gravel Lot." And the gravel lot Mm -hmm. among mountain bikers is if you're going to go mountain biking somewhere, you say, well, where are we going to meet? I'll meet you in the gravel lot. So there's always a gravel lot. You pull in, park your car, take your bike off a rack, and you go. So the reason people should listen to the gravel lot is that um, I was interviewed on it. (laughs) That's why people should listen to it. (laughs) So, yeah, episode 31, Gene Galvin, talking about e-bikes, by the way, electric bikes. A very good interview because I bet it was. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the only growth industry in bicycle sales yes. across the world yes. is e-bikes. Not just for older people, people my age, fifty. Yeah. I'm fifty, and people of that age, but people who are younger people who are like mountain bike riders. Uh, there, yeah. because uh, electric sure. assist helps them yeah. get back up the mountain. There is an uh, there is an app that I'm promoting too that I learned about from a uh, friend of ours bonnie who has the app findyourwife.com uh somebody has an app who, who was it we the, oh uh, is it uh bruce maybe bruce and bonnie oh,
2: oh i guess and uh oh that's the, right
3: and the app is and you get this app and you make sure you have all the information off your spouse's phone. It can go the other way too, yeah. by the way. Why? So sh- so and then you, you always all, know it's where GPS she is. connected. So, you know, you say, well, where is, uh, if I say, where, where's my wife? And know, I'll tell you exactly where she is. She's crossing the Brent Spence bridge, yeah. third
2: car from the end yeah. on the Southern side. Uh, but yeah, but your wife can have it too. Yeah. So Uh, if I had it, Mickey would know always where I am. So that ain't happening. I get it. Uh, (laughs) Hey,
3: I wanted to ask you something. Gee,
2: that's a great idea. (laughs) Well,
3: Well, How'd you think of that? That's why I uh, stayed at Houston Woods in a camper (laughs) while you were in the Bahamas. Hey, um, I wanted to ask you something. Uh, President Trump recently uh, had a NATO, the leaders of the NATO countries gathered in Europe and he was there, obviously representing America. Uh, you have some thoughts on that? Did that go well? Was that good for our interests? What do you think? No,
2: it it, it 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 wasn't at all. But there was something that really disturbed me about it. Beyond the obvious, why are we fighting our allies and stuff like that? Uh, he was in, uh, you know, in this trip he made overseas in a meeting with. Uh, with our allies first and then meeting with Putin and all that. And we talked about that last week, you know, how badly that went. But when he was speaking to the allies, all of a sudden he started talking about that they're too liberal on immigration and they've got to stop letting these migrants come into their countries the They've got to stop letting the Muslims come in, Africans come in, um, Asians, just stop letting these minority groups come into your country. and the term he used was because you will lose your culture. That was his pitch. Those were the terms he used. You will lose his your culture. And I'm thinking. First of all, when you say you're going to lose your culture because of immigration, that's just a euphemism for saying uh, you're a racist. You know, you don't want people of a different color, different nationality, a different religion coming in. First of all, everybody's culture evolves. No culture is the same as it was 100 years ago or 200 years ago, or 1,000 years ago, culture changes. Culture is what the norms and the behaviors and the population of any community is at the time. So in the very beginning of America, we didn't have a lot of Italians, we didn't have a lot of Irish, we didn't have, you know. And as groups came over, the culture changed and moved forward, it evolved. So that's an absurd thing to say, well, your culture will change. Of course it will. If it didn't, you'd be a backwards country. And you'd die out. So that's the first thing. But the second thing, which really, it's one thing that he's, you know, someone during the 1930s says, today Germany and tomorrow the world. Well, a parallel is, to be a racist in America, and now, today America, but now let's go to the rest of the world and say, hey, you guys, join us in our racism. Join us in stopping the immigrants. Why would you tell other countries, our allies, that they should stop letting immigrants in? What's your motive in doing that, other than spreading racism? How does it affect you? If another country wants to be, have some humanity that you don't want America to have, why do you object to that? It's clear-cut racism. Now let me shift gears just for a second. In recent days, I just started thinking about it, and we've all, I, I just know that we've all had these discussions in the last year. <clears throat> Every one of us, I don't care how liberal how conserv- how liberal you are, you know we all know, and sometimes in our own family, we love them. People that have a more conservative bent or maybe a more Republican bent, they lean that way. And we've had discussions, you know, why are you supporting Trump and all that? And every one of us has heard back from these people we love or people we just meet or whatever. They always say somewhere in the conversation, well, no, I I don't like the way he behaves. I don't like the, you know, those bigoted statements he makes from time to time. I don't like the bullying and all that. But there's always a but. But, you know, he is shaking things up. He speaks his mind. He's getting some things done that I like, the little taxes or whatever it is. And what gets me about that? And these are always nice people that say that, it's almost like You've got to say that you don't like the racism bit, but it's almost like we're giving people and him a pass on being racist. That like, yeah, I know that, but and so is racism because we use that term, oh these are right, ra- they're using the race card. What is racism a big deal? And I want to say it's a huge deal, because it's not just if you're racist, you're being impolite. If you're racist, maybe you're being immoral. If you're racist, you're being rude. You know, you tell your children not to be, you know, stop with the racial jokes and all that stuff. But beyond that, other than it's inappropriate and it's rude and you don't say those and you don't use the N-word and you don't call the Jew uh, the K-word or whatever whatever it is, it has a substantive effect on your whole society. And what it means is when we're racist... When we give a pass to these things, we all of a sudden, all of us, are better able to tolerate mistreatment of others. In other words, we can go to bed at night and feel good about ourselves because we don't get up in the morning hating hating those black people, hating those Muslims, hating those Jews, hating those Irish people, those Catholics, whatever, As long as we can feel comfortable that, no, I don't hate these people, so I don't have to worry. But if we laugh at racial jokes, if we don't think racism by itself is a reason not to vote for someone, then we are tolerating that feeling or that thought in our society. And therefore, we are not so offended if things aren't going so well for them. If racism becomes a part of our society, then we don't wake up every morning worried that, oh, gosh, those housing projects, how are these kids that grow up in them ever going to get a, you know, and what about their schools and how, why, and the, Oh, yeah, they are cutting the food stamp program, or they're cutting this welfare program, or they're, um, oh, is, is, yeah, the Puerto Rico, that's, yeah, that's bad, too, but, you know, that's awful, that, and Katrina, yeah, I know they're in the in the, uh, Superdome there, and, you know, hopefully they'll get out, and isn't that a shame kind of thing, but we, we just let it pass. We don't get up in arms and say, stop it immediately. Number one issue. So it is a cancer on our society, not just because it's rude, but because it actually affects policy. It affects what our priorities are. It affects how we spend our tax dollars. Why do you think for 50 years we still have ghettos? Why do you think things aren't being spent for or committed to inner city schools? Why does none of this happen? It's not because most Americans hate people of color. It's that most Americans have kind of learned to live with yeah, the, yeah, it's a shame. Some people are poor. Oh, it's Thanksgiving time or Christmas time. Let's drive our kids through the ghetto so they see how these people live. You are so lucky to have the life you have. Isn't it a shame they have to live like that? And boom, back to the Christmas tree or the menorah or whatever, and let's give out the gifts. We tolerate, we tolerate mistreatment of other human beings in God's green earth because of racism. That's why it has to be dealt with. And until we say, if you are a racist, let's start with America. If you are a racist here in America, you have no right. To serve in public office in this country. That's the standard we have to have. Now, if all the Catholics could just move back one yeah, right.
0: <laughs>
3: okay, let's bring up M. Ross Perkins, our musical guest for the night, and welcome Ross. Right How you doing, Ross? <laughs> Good Ross, evening. A good evening. Before you do a song, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, well, I uh, I suppose the most important thing I'd like to say is that uh, I agree wholeheartedly with Jerry's commentary on uh, pretty much everything. Well, And I think if you've got a microphone in front of your face or a camera in front of your face, yeah. that you would be uh, remiss not to use that as an opportunity to say exactly what you're saying. So I guess I'll reiterate everything you said you're absolutely right well, and i've been very stimulated by your political commentary as
2: i've listened to your show for the, for the last well, several you. months so. I, we're going to double what we're paying you <laughs> <laughs> which is nothing right <laughs> no no no, 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 about 5, no thank you that was very nice
3: uh and by the way uh well i tell you what do do your song which is uh grandma's dead and, uh, <laughs> we'll talk, and we'll talk on the other side. Wait, i got to call Mickey. <laughs> yeah. oh Where'd you get the name for that? you got to tell us. Well, uh,
1: I was trying to write a song about a universal concept. Yep. And uh, so this is, in essence, a song about us, I suppose. It's called Grandma's Dead, and we're taking all her stuff.
3: Oh, <laughs> that's great.
2: <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Here we go.
0: Grandma's dead and we're taking all the stuff, taking all the stuff, taking all the stuff. Grandma's dead and we're taking all the stuff, gonna make her stuff our own. Well, she left us a savings account. Ooh. Some of some amount When your grandma's dead It's a sad, sad time But it's a fine time To be alive Cause you're taking all the stuff back home ooh, ooh, ooh. Grandma's dead And we're taking all the stuff Taking all the stuff, taking all the stuff Grandma's dead and we're taking all the stuff. Gonna make her stuff our sad sad time, but there's a U-Haul truck pulling up outside, cause you're taking all the stuff back home, grandma's dead, and we're taking all the stuff, taking all the stuff, taking all the stuff. Grandma's dead and we're taking all the stuff, gonna make her stuff our own. Grandma's dead and grandma's dead and grandma's dead and taking all the stuff. Grandma's dead and we're taking all the stuff, gonna make her stuff our own. We're gonna decorate our home, we're gonna make stuff <laughs> <Hey. Whoa>.
2: ah. <laughs> uh, m it, ross perkins <laughs> that that um this may be kind of personal but um is is your grandmother okay <laughs> well, I suppose that
1: depends on uh on whether or not you believe in a positive uh, happy afterlife for there all of us. So, <laughs> yeah. so I won't make any prejudgments on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, You got her yeah. stuff
3: though, I take it. Yeah. I have
1: a few things, yeah. I, yeah. I did make out like quite the she, bandit. Yeah.
2: She paid for that guitar, didn't she? <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. That's a good Gibson too. By the Thank way, you very much. we've been doing this for about three years. I think that's the best song we've heard here yet. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That
1: that is a, that's that is a, a, huge as a concept compliment.
3: song. That's Thank you that's very amazing. Much. So your website is mrossperkins.com. No, mm-hmm. no dot spaces between that. Correct. Latest album is uh, M. Ross Perkins on uh, Sofa Burn Records. Sofa Burn, yeah, Sofa that's Burn right. Records? yeah, they're, uh, they're. And that's a, a debut album for. That's you, right? correct. Yeah, that's right. Uh, where are you from? The, the I'm from Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. R- really, uh, really good stuff. Good voice, and Thank and you. are you? Yeah, that is that's exceptional. So do you do? Are you touring around, or a little bit?
1: To? I did last year. I mainly uh, stick to the studio. I, I like that kind of work a little better than I like being out on the road. But I was happy to take this invitation. Okay, well and we appreciate more like it. it. If anybody else is listening that you know has a great podcast, you know call me up. I'm just I'm, yeah. I'm thrilled to be. here. Hey, thank you, thank you very care. much, yeah. and yeah. thanks
3: to Casey Campbell
2: hey, who's our, our you. music you, coordinator.
1: Yeah. The exactly. whole staff here has just been so friendly. Well,
2: we'd love to have you back sometime. That's I would really love to be good. back, Jerry. And you know
1: I got to give you a little quick anecdote here. I'm actually not the first member of my family to be on your show.
3: Oh, that's here we go.
1: <laughs> uh, which show I've, are we talking about? Uh, let yeah. Well, I'll let you oh, be the, the other one. Yeah, two shows. Uh, two cousins of mine were on your show in the '90s. Were they dating?
3: Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, that would get them there. Wouldn't? <laughs> Uh, was, oh, and how many children, children did they have? Anyway, you know that was coming. <laughs> hey, Ross, Yeah, that's right. What I think, and Jerry and I've been friends since like 1970. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. It is his show, in my opinion. It, it crosses generational lines, ethnic lines, touches so everybody, and <laughs> it doesn't matter. It, it has nothing to do with class. It's it, every. We've been. We were joking about going to New York City together with our spouses, and we'll be sitting in a a Broadway show and there'll be people lined up in the aisle to come over and say hello to Jerry. I believe it. I mean, it, when you, it happens when you think about everywhere. What
1: is the, what is the element about the show that you think attracts people of uh, across ages, class,
2: race, It's just funnier than shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, in honesty, uh, my looks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely.
3: And you know what? Everybody on it. Cause occasionally somebody knows, I know Jerry, they'll rag on him. It's very occasional, by oh, the way. Yeah, Being I'm serious, sure. it doesn't happen often. I'm sure. And I always explain, because I've learned this from Jerry, and I know the procedure has his producers go through, everybody's a grown man and woman who goes on. They want to be on. They oh, beg yeah. to get on. Yes, absolutely. And they love being on. Absolutely. So nobody's being exploited. It's just everybody doing what they want to do. And it is interesting, full of well, conflict. It's sort of,
1: it's an interesting daily case study on the, uh, the human condition if you want to over philosophize it. Yeah, sure. You know, and uh, I like that you close this show with uh, Down by the Riverside because you're sort of, it's a statement. You're, you're saying there you go. that you're not going to study war anymore, and I think that's what you were kind of doing on that show, is studying war in a way.
3: There you go. Take us out yeah. on Down by the Riverside, and Jerry will join you on the second verse. All right.
1: Hey, I, I like a little modified version of this little song. I know you told me specifically not to do that, but I promise it won't impede upon the integrity of the original composition. Do it.
3: <laughs> M. Ross Perkins, Down by the Riverside.
1: Well, this song's about giving stuff up, right? Yeah. <laughs> here, here it is.
0: I'm gonna lay down my cell phone, down by the riverside, down by the riverside, down by the riverside. I'm gonna lay down my Facebook, down by the riverside. You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Here we go, Jerry. I ain't gonna stay.
2: inside.